Well, hello again and welcome in. Wherever you are today, wherever you're listening from, I'm so happy to have you over to feast upon God's Word together. Get your plate ready today and take a seat. It's the 44, which is Matthew 4.4. Man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let's eat. I'm your host, Jed Yancey, from the Central Church of Christ in Ocala, Florida. And as I'm sure you can tell, I'm just getting over losing my voice and being sick. So we're going to battle through this thing today. I'm going to try not to cough too much into the mic, but uh, I hope that you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving and that you're getting pumped for rivalry week in college football this weekend. Uh, We've got a big one tonight here in Florida with the Gators taking on that team up there to the north And I'm sure if the Gators keep playing the way that they have, I'm sure to lose my voice again tonight. Uh, But anyways, I'm I'm sure you're expecting something related to Thanksgiving, and I'm going to give that to you. But I don't think that it's going to be in the way that you or I usually think. Because honestly, as I reflect on all the things that I'm thankful for, it's typically those things that are really near and dear to my heart. Uh, those those people like my wife and my family and my kids and my dog, Captain, uh, my church family. I'm thankful for things like my job and to live in a great country such as this one. But if you're a family that gets together on Thanksgiving and you go around the room before you eat and you ask each person, okay, what, what are you thankful for? Typically, we're not thankful for the bad stuff. We're not thankful for the thorns, as we're going to call them today. Uh, that, that just typically doesn't happen, especially not the kind that we're used to by way of thorns. You know, the kind that stick in your hand, uh, the ones that are more like splinters. And speaking of that, you ever had a good thorn or splinter story? Um, just, you know, what, what's the worst one you've ever had? Mine happened last summer, and we were camping with the kids, and and my block that I used to raise and lower the camper hitch is wooden. Well, I, I went to throw this thing into the back of my truck, and it wasn't the most graceful toss as it slipped, and I was left with about a three-inch wood dagger in my thumb. Splinters are the worst, aren't they? Same with thorns, which we're going to talk about the most today. Because there's just nothing worse than grabbing onto a thorn or catching one in the leg. It's it's not good. It's not a it's not an immediate effect. It's like long and drawn out. It hurts for a while. Even after you remove it, you still got skin hanging off your hand. It has some effect. So the kind of thorn or splinter I want to talk about today is not that kind. But the thorn in the flesh that Paul speaks of in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, as we're going to look at, it was something that no doubt caused Paul some angst. It was something that bothered him, that frustrated him. But, but as we're about to read, it also became something that he was thankful for, that he delighted in, and he became glad about. So let's read this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 Paul writes, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, 
I was, giving a th- I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. I'm thankful for it. In insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Now, it's pretty interesting here. And there's a lot of speculation about the nature of Paul's thorn and what it was. And as much as I'd like to take a crack at that and try to figure it out, that's not the point here today. The point was that whatever it was, it was so painful. It was chronic. It, it, he had been dealing with it for a long time. And whatever it was, it was it was a problem which personally he could not solve it. He couldn't get rid of it. He couldn't alleviate it. So what was it? Well, was it a temper? Uh, was it maybe something physical like eye trouble or headaches uh, maybe it was an actual person. Um, I, I don't know. And, and again, as nice as it would be to know, it almost seems intentional, and it probably is because we're talking about God's inspired word, that the thorn itself is not revealed. Why? I don't, I don't know. But here's the deal. Just as much as we have these things around us that are great and good and wonderful, things that are easy to point to about being thankful for, all of us also have our thorns. All of us also have the bad, the difficulties. It might be physical weaknesses or shortcomings, might be spiritual weakness. We're we're always in battle with this thing. Uh, could indeed be people, you know, the ones that irritate you, uh, frustrate you. Regardless of what it is, though, just like Paul, the thorn in our flesh is painful. It's frustrating. It's chronic. It's been there a long time, and it's hard to control, and it's hard to remove ourselves. So what I want us to look at today for your 44 is how did Paul deal with this thorn? I think it's obvious that he wasn't thankful for this thorn from the very beginning of having it. So how did he deal with this thing that was just constantly tormenting him? Well, the first thing I want you to see is that he didn't blame God for it. You see, we we think sometimes that good people don't suffer or good people shouldn't suffer and that our lives sometimes should just be perfect. But But the fact is, all of us do suffer. All of us do have thorns. And we see perhaps one of the greatest men we can read of in our Bibles in Job, that God allowed Satan to attack him, but but God himself was not responsible for anything evil that may trouble us or troubled Job in that case. Satan is the one responsible. So, you know, I, I think that sometimes... We get to this point of blaming God because we know he's the one that can help alleviate. We know he's the one that can help in doing something about it. So if he doesn't budge and he doesn't answer my prayer on this, then, well, it's his fault. And I just point straight to him. 
But I want you to check out the rest of where this goes with Paul, because again, he wanted this thing to be removed. He knew that whatever it was, his life would be better off with it gone. So, number two, he prayed for its removal. Now, we read here that he pleaded with the Lord to remove this thorn. And and I think that we overlook this sometimes, and, and we may equate this to Paul just praying something quick and fast, kind of the way we do it, and it's in and out. But but I think the visual here for us to grab hold of is more along the lines of it being mentioned that he prayed for its removal because Paul specifically set time aside to pray about this thorn. Now, that likely meant that, that he was, at the same time he was praying, he was fasting, and he was buckling down, he was going to his knees, he was hashing it out with God in the kind of prayer that we can think of as being bold and coming coming to his throne with boldness and and he's fasting and he's devoting himself to the time set aside to pray this prayer. When he realized that that this removal wasn't going to happen, number three is that Paul accepted the fact that he was just going to have to live with it. And, And I think that here is where we hit our troubles with our thorns. Uh, what do you mean I just have to live with it? I mean, this is this is hard because it's been pounded into our brains that we don't have to live with anything. I don't have to live with anything that's a thorn in my side because there's a quick solution to all my problems. So what do you mean I, I have to live a life of inconvenience and discomfort? But Paul does here. He realizes, as he says, that God's power is made perfect through that weakness. So although we don't see it as that, we don't see it as being perfect, it's anything but that, Paul says God's power is made perfect through that thorn. That we'll all have them. It's not just a few of us, but all of us do. And so what we see Paul do is he becomes thankful for it. And he looks for blessings in his thorn. Paul explains to us here that even though that this was from Satan, that God can use it for good. He can use it to keep him humble. He mentions to not be full of conceit, to, to have him, Paul, be more like Christ, right? It, it also caused him to look to God for grace and strength and, and to give God the glory for whatever he accomplished, even though he had this weakness and this thorn. In fact, with God's help, he was stronger even when he was weak. And so the last thing I want you to see is that even through this thorn and this weakness, he learned to rejoice in those thorns. He learned to be thankful for those thorns. So seeing that God could use them for good, he rejoiced in them rather than complain about them. Sound familiar? He considered any spiritual benefit that the thorns gave him to be compensation more than sufficient for the pain of the thorn. So in all of that, what is your thorn? What is splintering your thumb? What what is the thing that's just always picking at your side or who is it? It isn't the easiest thing in the world to do, but once we define what that is, I want you to take notes from Paul who doesn't blame God, he prays about it, he accepts it, 
He looks for blessings in it, and then he becomes thankful and rejoices in it. I think that's a powerful message for us, that we're not always just thankful for these things that are happening around us that are really good, but we're thankful in our thorns. We're thankful in those moments of weakness, which through those weaknesses, God makes us strong. I want to thank you guys so much for listening again this week. If there's ever anything that I can do for you, please reach out, jedyancey at gmail.com. If you're looking for somewhere to worship and get plugged in, come by and see us at Central at 9 a.m. for Bible study, 10 a.m. for worship on Sundays. We'd love for you to worship with us. But all that aside, I pray that this week you spend some time in God's Word. Allow Him an opportunity to talk to you through his word. And then you spend some time talking back to him in prayer. Make sure you thank him, not just for these things that are great that are going on around you, but thank him for your thorns. Thank you guys again so much for listening. Have a great weekend and go Gators.